Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. And I may or may not be the last man on Earth. Tara may or may not be the last woman on Earth. And that is good. It was topical. Depends on when this goes out. It depends, yes. The way 2020 is going. <laughs> it's entirely possible we'll get there. But we are on this week's episode. So it's a sci-fi movie podcast. We get together, we talk about a movie every week. It's that simple. And in this week, we're kind of... not. It's not a franchise per se, but we're returning to a series of adaptations. We did Vincent Price's The Last Man on Earth a number of months ago now. It was a while ago. And we did say we'd eventually come back and do the next adaptation of it, which is The Omega Man, which is what we're doing today, starring Charlton Heston. And obviously, there was a Will Smith version called I Am Legend much later in 2007, which we'll get to at some point. But we're here today to talk about this one. And it's funny, because I saw the I Am Legend movie first. I saw that when it came out, before I saw either of the old versions. And I remember seeing this for the first time and being like, oh, they're starting with him in the red car, just like I Am Legend. Uh, there's, like, there's a comparison there. Um, not that I remember a ton of details. I said this a lot in the last one, to be honest, but uh, same kind of... No, the opening here. scene is very similar, Yeah, though, because he goes to another like garage to get a new car. Yeah. So there's definitely like fragments that are there that are shared with the earlier film. There's fragments that are shared with the later film. I have no idea which one of the three is the most accurate <laughs> or the least accurate, but there's definitely some similarities between two of them, but not all three. And I'm mixing it because the last one, if you recall, was very like really leaned heavily into these beings are vampires to the point where there was garlic up in doors, there was crosses, there's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There is none of that in the Omega Man whatsoever. You would yep. have no idea that that's what they're doing. The only thing is that they're sensitive to light, but it's more about their eyes than it is their skin. It's not like they're burning in sunlight. They're, it's just that they're sensitive to light. So, Anyway, uh, so the basic premise, if you're not familiar, is that Charlton Heston here is the last man, seemingly, on Earth. And he has the entire city to himself, except that there is a, a new species, if you will, uh, of humans that have transformed into this new... Uh, society that's maybe a bit of a stretch to call them a society but uh and he sort of like fears for his life and is hunting them down and he takes what he wants from the city and survives on his own um but of course throughout the story eventually there is going to be another human or two and he's going to like sort of go through a whole plot uh so that's that's the gist of it we'll leave it there we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers of course in the middle uh, and yeah i suppose i'll ask the question tara how did you feel about the Omega Man? Uh, I liked it. Um, uh, I, I think I liked it about as much as I liked The Last Man on Earth. Maybe maybe slightly more. Um, it is... It, it's fun. I like watching Charlton Heston uh, in his stunt double ride a motorcycle. That stunt uh, double was so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> it couldn't have been yeah. more obvious. Um, and uh, it was, I like the female lead in this a lot too. I thought she was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, it's it's all right. The I really like the the main villain guy. Um, and like the look of the they have like a cultist look to them. And I guess they're kind of a cult. Um, the the plagued beans. Um, but I I don't. I don't love the film. Um, I really wanted to. Cause I love Charlton Heston movies, but this one I don't love. You don't love? Okay. 
I yeah. agree with the not loving. I, I would probably say I like it less than the last one overall. And because one of the, the things there that I definitely disagree with is I hated how the villains looked. I hate like <laughs> they're wearing sunglasses. They've all got hoods up. They just look so goofy to me. Yeah, I, it, it's a it's an interesting adaptation. I think it's I think it's an interesting look though. Like it's still intriguing enough, and I think it's they they seem to be functioning. Like, their minds are all there, for the most uh, part. Yeah, that's the other thing, is the leader, Matthias, who's the leader of this, this group, he is constantly monologuing. He's giving speeches left and mm -hmm. right. He does not shut up. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a real Glenn Beck before uh, the plague hit. Yeah, I don't know. It's just everything about the, 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 the villains, just, if you, want, if you can even call them that, but you know what I mean. Like, everything about that group, it just it came off as really cheesy, and I don't know, it's like... And I don't know, maybe this is more accurate to the original story. I have no idea. But it felt like they wanted them to, like, be really different. So we're going to just go in a completely different direction. So this is what they are. They're, they're wearing this, sunglasses. This and movie's really cool. Like, everything's cool about it. Like, the, the leads are cool. The uh, the score is really cool. Um, the, uh, the yeah, the, all the villains wear sunglasses. Like... Everybody and dressed in black. They're all everything's really cool and funky, like seventies funk. And I, I think that's kind of why I think it feels a bit off to me is that it doesn't mm -hmm. really. I don't really get the feeling that it's dire. That this is the post-apocalypse, even though everything's empty. It just kind of feels like I don't know. Like we're all pretending. <laughs> like it doesn't feel real. I mean, there's some pretty Im impressive shots of an empty Los Angeles. I'm not sure. I mean, like, I, I agree they are impressive and they, they did what they could to, to create that. I, I'm not talking about convincing me that it's empty. That's not what I'm talking I'm talking about the tone. I'm talking about feeling like things are actually in a bad place. Like he's mm -hmm. actually scared for his survival or like this is, you know, just I didn't get any of that. If, yeah. he, Charlton Heston in this movie doesn't give a shit that he's the last person left. He doesn't. It's, it's, he goes really. around cracking one-liners. It's like nothing's happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, he, it seems a little bit like uh, like Charles and Heston's like, wet dream of just being around on his own in a sports car and shooting anything that moves in the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that does feel very pro-Charles Heston. Uh, did you know this movie was rated uh, GP? And you're saying, what's GP? I looked this up. I was curious. So GP Gangster's for Paradise, obviously. <laughs> GP for two years, or three years technically, 1970 to 1972. So a very short window of time. This came out in 1971. Was basically just what PG was called before they called it PG. Uh, mm. So it's not quite G-rated, but for something that's essentially PG, there's like multiple boobs in this movie. And yes, there are. <laughs> although, notably not Bush. That this was a theme when we did the first 70s month. There was so much Bush, <laughs> and the and right. The 10, we haven't gotten any yet. Yeah, and the ten films we did, I think like seven of them had Bush. <laughs> yeah. Even a boy in his dark. I know. Uh, and this did have TNA, to be fair, so it did have a decent amount in the, in the genre, but it wasn't quite that. But it, I mean, it's PG. Well, what the hell? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's just boobs. <laughs> you need you need the Bush to go higher up on the rating. I guess. Oh, apparently, yeah. Uh, you, you got R rating unless you got Bush. Uh, do you know what? I'm yeah, we only worried. have one movie left. I don't. I don't know if we're going to get Bush. I'm. I'm worried that I don't think we will because we. I, I've seen the movie that we're going to do uh, before, 
That said, though, Jenny Agutter is in it, and she is maybe the, the prettiest of anyone we've had in any 70s movies, so just... What movie are we Logan's Run. <laughs> no, 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 we're doing, um... Uh, we're doing the Beware the Blob. Oh, so we've got two left. Yeah, we have two left. Yeah, it's okay. Beware the Blob, I mean, I may have Bush, I don't know. We're going to get some bop, Blob Bush, that's hard blob to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. There was this rating that only existed for two years, and it was just PG. That's all it means. It's just didn't have they didn't come up with parental guidance yet. I do, I do buy Charlton Heston as a survivor much more than I do Vincent Price in The Last that, Man on Earth. That is fair. That is fair. But I'm going to counter that with another point. Do you buy Charlton Heston as a scientist in a lab coat making a vaccine? I don't think you do. You know you can't say yes. I don't know. Maybe? No, you, no, no. This this was like if this is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's the exact same because I, I I think Heston's a better on screen charismatic performer than what, who I'm about to compare him to. But this is like if you put a lab coat in Marky Mark and say, "Tell me, Mark Wahlberg's a scientist." All of a sudden, I'm just going to believe. No, no, he's not a scientist. No offense to the man, but he's not a scientist. I mean, there was a time where scientists were like revered. You know, they were the rock stars of the 1930s. <laughs> I just... It cut back to a flashback of him at one point, and he's in his lab coat, and he's looking at some test tubes, and I'm just like, nah. I'm sure they're a very <clears throat> cool, very charismatic, macho scientist out there. I mean, I haven't met them yet, and I do work in the science field, but... I mean, I'm sure there's at least three or four of them out there. <laughs> I don't buy it. Uh, Vincent Price I bought as a scientist. He, he comes off as a scientist. Um, even Will Smith, I think, comes off more of a scientist. Even Because Will Smith's this cool dude, right? But he still, like, he performs enough that he gels into being a scientist. Whereas Charlton Heston is always Charlton Heston. He can't turn off Charlton Heston. No, he can't. So he always comes off. He even does the Planet of the Apes laugh at one point in this. Yeah, he does. He, he throws his head back and does the laugh. Uh, well, well, I can't tell you why until we get to spoilers, but he does it. A very particular point. I also don't buy him being really into watching the movie Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, that's the way of things. One of the first things he does is he goes to the, the theater and he loads up the projector on his own and just sits and watches. And he's like, they don't make movie pictures that he used to. I'm like, what? <laughs> Was Woodstock even that old by 1971? Well, no, because I think it was just, it was the uh, the documentary Woodstock that, I think it was just the last thing that was playing. I mean, that makes that sense. He, yeah. Yeah, before the world ended. I mean, I get, yeah, I guess the joke is they just don't make anything anymore, but it just, <laughs> it felt weird to me as a joke, because I'm like, yeah, but that's still contemporary. Because the movie, I think, technically set in 1977, because they mention, because the last year that had a calendar was 75 and it, he says at one point that he's been doing this like dance with the, the villains for two years so I'm assuming that that means that it's set in 1977 uh, if not then thereabouts so yeah there's your timeline uh, yep yeah uh, the is a little bit different from the last movie as well uh, we'll get into that maybe more in spoilers though just so they'll save details for then um, but there's some interesting differences there um what I do think is interesting compared to Last Man on Earth, though, is that the end point of Last Man on Earth kind of happens like a third into this movie, and then the movie keeps going into like a completely different plot, essentially, which mm -hmm. 
you know, I appreciate it in the sense that we watch both of them, so I appreciate that they're different and I'm not just watching the same thing again. Well, they're both uh, adapted from the same thing too, so I mean, I'm sure a lot of the similarities come from that. Oh, for sure, but I'm talking about what's different about them. Is yeah. that is that literally this movie gets to the ending of the last movie about a third of the way through, and then the rest of it's all new. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know, I mean, maybe that's all from the book as well, and maybe the first movie just cut out tons and tons of stuff to simplify it. I don't know, but this goes way further with like a lot of ideas and um it's and it kind of it does kind of like has they're all guilty of this to a point but i think this one compared to the last one the, the meaning of the title i am legend which admittedly neither of these are called i am legend but i think the last movie did a better job with the ending of kind of like getting the point across as to what that title means mm-hmm because uh, it was this big climatic thing. I, I won't get into it too much, but if you watch the, the last review or, or if you've seen Last Man on Earth, you know, it ends with kind of him realizing something at the end of the story and it kind of makes this big dramatic point of saying this is why it's I Am Legend. It's why he's this legend to these other people. He's this boogeyman to them. And yeah. this movie, there's like one offhand comment from Matthias like a third of the way through and then it's, it doesn't really feel like a big deal and then it's never really all that relevant, all that much. It takes a different tactic with it, which I guess is fine, but, you know, for comparison's sake, it's interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, I don't... I I never read the, the book, or if it is a book or a novella, I'm not... I don't know, but it's... Um, so I don't know which one is, uh, is... is closer either, but I do like how The Last Man on Earth still has that point at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And this one totally, you know, because we've already made that point so early on in the film, it doesn't really hit as hard at the end. It doesn't feel they... as important. No, it kind of almost makes a new point at the end instead, which we'll get to obviously when we talk about it. But it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. So. But I don't, I don't dislike it. Like I, I do, I do. I actually do kind of get into the look of the <laughs> of the baddies. Um, I think it's it's very it's interesting the like the the choices that they went with. Um, I don't know about like the way their hair like all transforms to to white. Like when to go white at the roots first and then grow out white, but that's whatever. That's the only thing that bothers me. <laughs> Some of those wigs look pretty dodgy. I, I have yeah. to say, what's uh, <laughs> about in the rough side? I, I like the I like the Matthias though. I like him a lot. Like his henchmen and stuff around him, I don't love either. Um, especially in the beginning, like his main guy is not very good. But the but actual Matthias, like I like him. I liked watching him. I, Am I saying the name wrong? No, you're saying it right. <laughs> okay. I did not. Is just the point. Of, I don't have anything really. Yeah, I don't. I he's just a good actor, was, and he's and uh, he's he's in Star Trek. I thought it was cheesy. Of course, he's in Star Trek. <laughs> but he's in Star Trek Insurrection. He plays an admiral, a badmiral. A bad. <laughs> They're all badmirals in Star Trek, unless it happens to be one of the main characters who's been promoted to admiral. In which case, they're the only ones that are not badmirals. They're just admirals. Right. <laughs> Even in Picard, when Picard himself is an admiral, the other admiral is a badmiral. <laughs> I think he's also oh, he's in the Matrix movies too. Who's in the Matrix movies? Uh the counselor, yeah, counselor Hammond. 
He's like the main guy in the um the the place where the raves are. Zion? Oh Zion, okay. I have to admit I've forgotten a lot of those sequels, so if he wasn't in the first Matrix, I'm probably not gonna remember him. I think he's also a Bond villain. He he's in uh license to kill. Uh he's got the cheesiness for it, so that doesn't surprise me. He's got great eyebrows. Really, really great eyebrows. They're like extra arched, which makes him automatically a super villain. I do not enjoy his performance. I'll simply leave it at that and we can we can I like them. <laughs> we can move on. I also thought it was kinda of oddly I I I it felt kinda of weird to me, like I, I I enjoy when movies have quiet moments, especially in stories like this. I enjoy it in, in I Am Legend, or I enjoy it in other stories where a character's just doing things and we kind of like see by what they're doing, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely some of the pacing in this where I kind of feel like it was being so lackadaisical with like Heston going about his day. And also, where is he getting fresh sausages two years later, exactly? I, I noticed. Also fresh fruit as well uh, on his table. There, there might be some trees. Okay, true, true. Maybe some trees. Um, I'm just saying he's very well stocked, still. <laughs> yeah. For stuff that should uh, have run sausages, out. Sausages. Um, I don't know. Like they look like regular, fresh. Yeah. Ones, not like the Petridge Farm ones that hold. I don't know if that's what it is. The the ones that you get at Christmas time, the salamis that like last for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. I mean, it's something we made fun of the last movie about as well. Is that he seemed to have things that didn't really make sense. That yeah, felt... he had like orange juice. And... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The orange. Where's the where are these oranges coming from? I mean, unless, unless he's actually, and it was like a carton of oranges. It'd be one thing I feel like if he had like a jug, I'd be like, okay, maybe he went and got oranges himself, right? Well, did he go into like a grocery store and just pick up produce? Like, did we watch it? He got garlic. Yeah, yeah, he got garlic like that. Yeah. Which we questioned, wouldn't that have lost its smell and everything by now? It's been ages. It's been years. Anyway, I mean, we could sit and nitpick I mean, that's stuff. why he went to go replace it, right? Because he smelled the one on his door and was like, oh, this is no good anymore. I should go get fresh garlic from the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> Which is still good. And I like, uh, I mean, Heston needs to have a generator to run his stuff in his home. But for some reason, the movie theater still runs. Which also, no, he also had the generator because we see him like start it up before he puts the film reel in. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there's a generator. I missed in that the, part. Yeah, uh, yeah. For some reason, so he's he's got like TVs in his in his like house, uh, his apartment that's at the top of this building, and he has like, and I get why he's got cameras that are like facing the entrances and all that because obviously he's, he's watching out for these people getting. But for some reason, the main screen is a camera just facing exactly who whoever's looking at the main screen, so it's just himself. Well, yeah. What's the... I, I just attributed that to his like loneliness. He needed someone to talk to, so he's just talking to himself. I, I mean, guess. you do it every day <laughs> on camera. <laughs> I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to you. Well, I sometimes you talk to yourself. Okay, yes, but I'm talking to an audience. I'm, ta I'm talking to people who are going to hear it later. <laughs> That's different. Maybe he's hoping there's an audience out there, but he's just predicting youtube yes he's predicting the internet's going to be invented when the world's completely went to shit <laughs> he's a smart uh, guy scientist yeah. I, 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 to some of my thoughts I, I think the movie's watchable i don't think it's that good though i i would kind of put it in the it's you know it's it's, it's an okay afternoon watch 
you know, Sunday afternoon, you can put on this, and it'll time will go by relatively decently. But I, I just I, I mean feel the like... music's like really fun, so it's it's almost like you're watching a different movie when you're watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I think too too much of it feels a little undercooked to me, and it feels like. Some of the ideas just feel like they're a bit on the silly side, and some of the the ideas aren't realized in the way they should be. So mm-hmm. I find I have a hard time believing any of it's really going on, and and because people are going to say, "Oh, you're being cruel because of the time it was made." Well, no, because tons of movies of this era, I think, do achieve these things, do achieve me being lost in the world, and this just doesn't. Yeah. So I think um, I think actually a better version of these movies, even though they're not they're not quite the same, mm-hmm. is um. Another one we did for 70s month, which was uh, Ultimate Warrior. Which is kind of that, you know, there's there's two factions of people yeah, yeah. Um, trying to survive in a post in like an empty city. And I that one, I think, is a lot better. And that, yeah, that, that, that was better, although still flawed. I feel like we've not had the we've not had the, the great one yet. Right. We've not had mm-hmm. the movie set in the abandoned city with like two tribes or whatever. We've not had the movie that we go. That's the that's the nine out of ten version. That's the one that we can put up there with. Like when we talk about like okay, Halloween's the ten out of ten slasher movie. Aliens the ten out of ten you know monster movie. We we don't have the ten out of ten. We don't have our urban jungle. The urban jungle <laughs> movie. Yes, we don't have the apocalyptic. Yeah, we have survival t- film. We have tons of of them. We have tons of cheap ones, and we have you know several from the seventies. We have tons from like no budget stuff from the eighties and nineties. But we don't have the good one. We don't have that great one. Yeah. We have some interesting ones. We have some stuff that gets some things right. But we yeah. don't have that. Because I think the idea is great. I, I I think there's a great idea in here. Like a great movie to be had. But it's not quite happened yet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll be too Come hard. on, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell, after 2020, maybe some of the cities will be quiet enough. You can... You can go shoot one <laughs> relatively easily. Yeah. Uh, so, now it's actually funny because we see like a quick flashback at one point of like people getting this uh, this virus. Like they literally just start dying in the streets almost instantly, just en masse. Yeah. And I'm like, where are all these bodies? And nobody's he- panicking. Yeah. Where are all these bodies when he's driving around? If everyone was dying this quickly, where- <laughs> <gasps> the sausages. <laughs> Oh dear. Um uh, and there's something to be said about that. I mean if all that meat's just lying there going to waste, it's not like it's not like anyone killed them intentionally. Might as well use it. <laughs> no. Never. No. I mean no one's around to judge him, but like <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, I think that's the other thing is that because the uh, the baddies feel like such a like intelligent society anyway, it doesn't actually ever really feel like he's alone. So that whole feeling yeah. of being the last man on earth just isn't there. I don't think. From like, well, after- yeah, because the first film had like you know it was just the one guy constantly Norman, yeah. Norman, and we know who he used to be. So seeing him and and in both like before and after he got sick. We can we can go like oh like they're they're not human anymore there's something monstrous and something that's just running off of instincts but these people like they're having like like you said the guy's got like a whole diatribe every time he speaks and 
he, he seems very much like the person he used to be, just with a different belief system. Yeah. But for, for some reason, when they do turn, they, they just immediately fall in line and believe him as the leader and don't question anything he says. So, I mean, that just feels like a goofy, cheesy like mechanic. He feels like a, dare I say, a bad Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> dare you. <laughs> Forgive me. I, I apologize. Unbelievable. I lay my podcasting sword at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, oh Queen Tara. Okay, we should probably go again to the spoilers now, so I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month at the time of recording. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palaces, David Short, Bored Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month, which means they are patrons at $20 or more. But you don't have to be a patron at that level, do you, Tara? Why no? If you enjoy our reviews and want to get more bonus content, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as low well as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. And if you're looking for... What, what movie are you doing? Oh, no. It's not Logan's Run, is it? Which one are we doing? Yeah, we're doing Logan's Run. That's what one. Yeah. That's a bonus movie, but that's... It's not a bonus movie. That was the no, vote no, one. No, it's not a bonus movie. That's just the vote. What you can do at the five dollars? Yes, you, oh, we, I wasn't paying attention. You try to tell them what's the next bonus movie. Yeah. Oh, Ultraviolet is what we picked. Oh yeah, Ultraviolet. <laughs> Get quality science fiction B movies on our uh, on our bonus yes. reviews. With that false Resident Evil star Mila Jovovich, the bitch. <laughs> That's Lilu Dallas multipass you're talking about. I do love Fifth Element, so don't, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm being funny. I'm trying to joke around because I hate those Resident Evil movies, but I do like Fifth Element a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, thank you. How was that? Are we done with the Patreon plug? Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't, if you can't be a patron, if it's not financially, you know, reasonable, then we get it. Hit the like button on YouTube. Uh, comment. These things are also help us and supporters. So please do all those things. That's great. Thank you. So. Thank you. Full spoilers then for the Omega Man. Let's talk about the cause of this because something they added in here, and again, I don't know if this is more accurate to the book or if this is just something new they added in, but it's not just a virus. It's actually germ warfare because World War 3 is going on. <laughs> so, what did you make mm-hmm. of that? Because I actually laugh because we literally go to a flashback. He's into an elevator and he presses a button and when he presses the button, the flashback starts. He literally started his flashback by pushing a button. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like I like the uh, the Soviet Union symbol as the bomb crashing onto the map, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he really got triggered by by the smallest thing, um, not just buttons, but like other. Uh, he has this like um, when he leaves. Is it when he leaves the movie theater and he just hears like phones ringing everywhere? Oh no, yeah, I forgot about that because it was it was never brought up again. But yeah, he has this like phantom like sound moment where we hear all these phones ringing and then he just yells to himself there's no phones ringing there is no phone and then, <laughs> and then I maybe just that's thought, not like ptsd trigger maybe that's just like his loneliness or whatever he's he's, he's which, going crazy yeah i think this movie did a terrible job of actually getting his loneliness across it was barely there and oh i just want to say him yelling out there is no phone just made me think of the matrix <laughs> there is no spoon <laughs> i don't know it made me think of it 
But yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it did a good job of like selling me his loneliness. There's like, there's like a more where she's like a woman on a like a like a. Oh, it's a calendar. Calendar, yeah. It was a calendar girl, and he kind of like. Takes he it like stop and like I can't deal with this. Yeah. We gotta get um, rid of it. And he talks to himself a bit, but you never really get like a great sense of emotion from him. Like Charlton Heston is too manly to even pretend that he has emotions. So <laughs> he has to just be Charlton Heston all the time. I like his place though. I like his his like shelter, his bunker. It's oh, just yeah. full of like famous art and stuff. He just walked into a museum and stole he has like a, a bust of somebody, I'm not sure who. That, that he yeah, dresses up as a general. <laughs> that was something that sitcom that, that took this, it was actually called The Last Man on Earth, uh, that in the pilot episode, he goes into like, the mm-hmm. White House and takes just things out of the White House, because why not? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> he, um, I like when he goes to the mall and he like tries on, all the, or he's putting on all these clothes and stuff, he grabs like a tweed jacket, it looks just like the one that um, Vincent Price wore in The Last Man on Earth. I thought that was kind of yeah. cute. I don't although, know if it was intentional or not, but it looked just like it. Although you were telling me before that he didn't know that that previous version of this existed. Yeah, I guess he was one of the. Uh, he read like the book on a plane or something, and thought I should make someone should make a movie about this. <laughs> 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 but make it more modern, and this does feel very seventies modern. It does. It feel I mean, obviously it feels super dated to us, but yeah, it feels modern in the sense that it feels like it's the seventies instead of you know nineteen sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not even that much time. It's only eleven years since. The, it's not even that. It's not even because it was like sixty four the first one was. So yeah, it's only been like yeah seven and an- years. Another thing that makes it like super modern is that it's an interracial relationship that comes up in this film, which I was surprised by. Yeah, uh, actually, I was reading on the Wikipedia page of all places. I was looking up. This was when I was looking up the GP thing. Um, but basically, Whoopi Goldberg has often talked about how when she saw this when she was younger, uh, she remembered it being as one of the first films with an interracial kiss. Now, obviously, Star Trek beat it, because Star Trek was the 60s on TV. Mm-hmm. But this is not TV, this is a movie. Um, yeah, plus, Star Trek kind of has some cheats. This is like actual lip locks. Sure, yes. Uh, and this is, I mean, it's not even just that. It's like they, they go into a sex scene, and then, like, you know, she gets up out of the bed, and then there's a joke about the birth control, which, by the way, when I said he did the Planet of the Apes laugh, it's when she jokingly says, hey, maybe we need some birth control. He's like, ha, 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 
he was like in movies when she was a kid and he, you know he was moses <laughs> yeah so i think that's the first thing. thing i know him from well maybe planet of the apes but i watched even though my family's not religious i, I definitely mm. watched the ten commandments a lot as a kid like it was a movie i really loved watching and yeah yeah i mean maybe it wouldn't mean anything to me because i'm not religious so i mean he, he's moses in the same way as he's taylor for me you know like moses yeah. means nothing to me yeah he's just an old man that's that's yeah <laughs> i think that's the big thing he's an old man uh even here by comparison he's, he's an older man um, I, I like their chemistry though in the film like uh, Ro- rosalind cash uh, i didn't realize this because obviously she's much younger here but i actually just saw her on streams uh we did tales from the hood she's in that mm-hmm. uh from the mid 90s so um yeah that's just cool it's just cool that she was still in movies that were popping up uh, that much later um so... i actually saw that movie <laughs> way look at you go <laughs> i saw it in the 90s when it was on <laughs> it was on uh hbo and hey one day we'll do adventures of buckaroo bonsai across the eighth dimension and she's in that too i don't know why i'm not looking forward to that one it's got a weird reputation because I, I i you know it's got peter weller on it yeah, but apparently i do love peter weller apparently it's really weird um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. um so anyway to get back to the the, the flow of the movie here uh the first chunk of it's you know it's, it's him spending too long in the movie theater he has his like weird phone ringing moment and then he's like shit the sun's going down i need to get home and it's actually kind of sh- surreal just how similar like his entrance to his building is to the vincent price movie it felt so mm-hmm. similar to me with he's like getting in the garage and they're trying to get to him um but he gets up he sees cameras <laughs> he's like oh it's sunday i dress up for sundays when i'm having dinner he makes his sausages and then we get like a like a couple of scenes of him like try, basically try to do like kill any like stragglers he's, he's looking for them he's hunting them during the day which i thought the first movie did a much better job of like showing us the horror of this because we got that montage yeah. in the first one of vincent price like basically busting in like rooms when they were asleep and killing them and, and yeah. they're like ah and screaming here you never actually see him kill anyone i mean in these scenes we see him like when he's defending himself but not in these scenes where he's hunting them uh because he finds one who's already like dead because the plague's just got them. Because the, even though they're like they've changed, they're still dying. Like they're still all dying, just long right. term. Uh, I mean, I guess technically we're all dying long term, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like they're all, they're all still diseased. I'm dying right now. I'm dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Commiserations in chat, please. Uh, press F on the keyboard. It's a gaming thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it's as he's looking for clothes, he hears a noise and he looks over, and our our female lead, uh, what Lisa is the character's name? Uh, she's pretending to be one of the mannequins <laughs> in the store, and it's like, come on, like it's quite obvious that she's not a mannequin, like they, right? <laughs> like, they look very different. Um. And she's doing her best yeah she's trying to stay still but, i mean you can kind of buy it just because he hasn't seen somebody in so long that he's just maybe not quite believing what he's seen so yeah, he's, he's hallucinating. like yeah right either he's hallucinating or like she looks different but he doesn't remember why she looks different <laughs> okay <laughs> um like I always have to come back over, let the cat go on their own because they won't go when I'm over there, and then come back. This is this is a known system. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I, I've run out of things to say. <laughs> I love how you thought, yes, I covered till I got back, and then I immediately just like, look <laughs> God damn it. You'll <laughs> uh, be fine. Just what's next in the movie? You, you can you can steal the ship. Yeah, I know. Doesn't need to be me all the time. You can, you can do it. Well, then he uh, chases her. He does, and then the the, idi- the idiot gets captured <gasps> <laughs> because a bookshelf falls on. <laughs> Did, wait, that happens there? I thought he just he he races after her. He goes outside and stuff, and yeah, but it's like basically right after that where he's like looking through other places and then he gets captured. Mm. It's basically almost immediately next. Um, so obviously in the original he met, you know, Vincent Price met someone, but that was like towards the end of the movie. Here it's like early on. I'm glad we don't have a dog scene. Oh, I'm sure okay was... with that part being cut. Yeah, no dog in this. Don't worry, the dog's back with a vengeance and I am legend. Look forward to that. I, know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so he's actually like held captive. The villain comes in and monologues at him about how he's the, he's the old guard and we're the new guard. This is actually something. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Tim recently did a movie on Screams called The Girl with All the Gifts and it was a zombie movie, but it was like a zombie movie with like a different kind of approach. And... I thought this movie was going to try and go into kind of what that movie did, and it kind of does in some of the villain monologues, but it never actually follows through with it, or, like, really says anything, like, proper about it. It's just kind of, like, part of his, you know, mahaha, I'm a cult leader, and... I mean, isn't that kind of what the Last Man on Earth does, also? With its ending? It kind of does, but yeah, but that has its other main point, which is he is the the monster, he is the one who's been hunting them. Um, and he mentions it in this scene. He kind of just, he offhandedly says, oh, to us, you're like, the monster. How, like, how many did you kill today? How many did you kill before then? Yeah. yeah. But they're so maniacally evil the whole time, you don't feel any sympathy. Because in the last movie, they're all dumb, so you kind of feel sad for them that he's hunting them because they're scared yeah. of him. In this movie, you never get the sense that they're scared of him. It, it just feels like a rival gang who want to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it never feels like they're actually terrified <laughs> of him. Um, yeah, and even the people that we meet, you know, through Lisa, they're all like, they they mention that they can hear him shooting, shooting the, the I, I want to call them cultists because that's what they look like. <laughs> they're not really vampires. No, they're not vampires. They're like I don't know, mutants or so, I don't know, dwellers. They're they're city dwellers. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so they're going to like burn them at the stake or something, right? And they actually they're going to b- crucify him. They're going to crucify him, right? But they put one a little Moses. cart. They put him in a little cart to take him to the, like the football stadium or whatever they're taking him to, and for some reason they've put him in this like pointy white hat. The, 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 what did you make of this hat here? Um, I made. I mean, their their costumes are dorky, so they must revere dorkiness. So it was they like put a, the dorky hat on him, the dunce hat on him. It was like a child's birthday hat that you get, one of those like you know just cone ones that are like cardboard, but really tall. So it just looked like it, it looked like he was like a, a cosplayer like a kid a playing a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't on for very long. It kind you of know, fell it, off it quite could, quickly. It reminded but... me of um, the the boy and his dog in that underground civilization that also mm. had like these weird style decisions, just like this the post apocalypse, and this is what we agree is is what people wear, and and then this is the standard now. This is the status quo. So they have their costumes, and then. They give him a tall white hat. <laughs> the tall white hat of death. Uh, but he's saved. <laughs> uh, Dutch, who's a new character, uh, flashes some big lights at Arnold's them. Arnold's in this? Not that Dutch. 
<laughs> if only. Uh, what he'd like a teenager this time, would he not? <laughs> he's probably still huge. <laughs> oh, probably, he's probably still huge, but he's probably a teenager just in the context of, you know, when pumping iron and all that was. Anyway, uh, but obviously Lisa's there too. And Lisa, again, it foreshadows the ending because she says, spread him. Because he puts his arms he's like, no, I like I was going to crucify you. Right? So it's really, because the final visual of this movie is so on the nose with its imagery. I almost like did like a like a spin in my chair. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" I'd spun around. I was like, "Are you serious? We're going to make it this obvious?" Yeah. After he got speared in the side. <laughs> I get it. He died so this new civilization could exist. He's the Jesus. He's the Jesus in the metaphor. We get it, movie. We get it. Charlton Heston. Moses wasn't enough. Now he's Jesus F in Christ. Okay, we get it. Yeah. I mean, they try to crucify him, too. They bring out a crucifix. They do. they're going to burn him on. They do. Um, but, so there's a little bit of a standoff. We get this motorcycle sequence where she's got a motorcycle ready and makes him uh, ride it. And every time it cut to a wide shot of the motorcycle riding, the stunt double with the grey wig on. It's so obvious. I know. It looks so bad. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stunts here where they're riding up and down stairs and they're oh, riding around the stadium. You know, it's just fun stuff to watch. And there watch. are parts where it is him. It is Heston, but like... All the close-ups. Yeah, only... Yeah. Every wide shot, I kill it. And I think what bugged me about it is that it wasn't even just the wide shots where it was where it was driving fast or downstairs. Like, there's wide shots where they're just kind of like still, and I, but it was still the stunt. I'm like, no, why, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just put Heston on the goddamn bike for that shot? <laughs> like, yeah. they're not moving. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's what it is. Ah, oh, dear. But anyway, so they take they take, they go out to this little haven that they've got with a bunch of kids who are still okay. Some of them are sensitive to light, so they're kind of turning really slowly. And like Lisa's brother is already like halfway turned. He's he's kind of turned because they all go kind of like really really pale. Uh, and Heston, as we got like a quick flashback earlier, he actually had made a vaccine and gave it to himself, but it was too late to give to anyone else. So his blood has antibodies. So he's going to start get you know taking blood so they can hopefully cure him and that's kind of the goal to take him back to his place so he can give him blood uh over over some time and as this happens him and Lisa kind of like flirt and fall for each other and they have sex and that's they are the last people on earth that's that's what they say they say hey you know you're the last girl on earth so I might as well it's basically his <laughs> argument uh but they, they, they do flirt a bit there's a bit of chemistry it's not just completely. I, I like their chemistry. I Weird. thought it was I thought it worked well. Because they're both be, pretty lonely. Be, <laughs> they're both it'd adults. Be, it'd be very easy to have this feel creepy. Mm-hmm. It'd be very easy to do that. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that not only did it not feel creepy that he that he wanted to do this, but I'm also glad that immediately she was shown to have power. She was shown to like you know she she had him at gunpoint first. She had yeah. him you know she she was in charge. It made it very clear this wasn't like some lopsided power dynamic. Um, so. No, and she was—I mean, she was the first one to flirt with him. Yeah, also. that's true. Honestly, she's probably the best character in the movie if I'm thinking about it. Because yeah, I, she's I, really cool. I really liked her. I, I think Heston is just too Charlton Heston and isn't really particularly likable. And then I think the villains are all hammy and cheesy as shit. I think Lisa's probably the best character. Yeah, and yeah. I—I like it when we when he goes full Heston, but. He's a man from a certain time. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where the movie's going. Uh, the more interesting thing that happens, though, is that they, they do manage to save her brother. Her brother, uh, Richie. Who, when he wakes up and he's talking to Charlton Heston, he does actually post maybe the interesting moral questions that the movie should really be about. And it kind of mm-hmm. it, it never goes far enough with it, which is a shame. But it, it does at least raise them a little bit, where he says, "Okay, well, if we're going because because he's he's agreed to leave, let's all go live in the mountains somewhere away from the city, away from all these other mutants and whatever, and we'll just you know live." Yeah. And the kid says, "Well, we have a serum now, and you're saying that my blood will help cure people too, so it's going to be easier to do. So why don't we cure everyone? Why don't we cure all of them?" And Heston, I, I think, cementing that he's kind of a monster and unlikable. Which I don't think the movie goes out of its way enough to actually do. Because up until now, he's just been like charming action hero. But he says, nah, they're vermin. They don't deserve to be cured. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's just he's been at war with them for so long that he can't, he can't see them as human anymore. Yeah. But because these people are starting to turn, like he can, like if you're, if you're not fully turned yet, I can save you. But if, as soon as you go all the way, you're done. I mean, he has a little bit of an arc at the end because he gives the serum to Lisa, right? Yeah, because Lisa turns shockingly quick, where she just she goes out to get. Yeah, some they clothes. mentioned that in the yeah. <laughs> in the movie. They're like, it can either happen in ten minutes or ten years or something like that. Yeah, and then she's just completely turned when she sees him again at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just I don't I like that this question was raised, and then the kids like, you know what, I'm going to prove that, that these that the Matthias can be saved, that he's reasonable, and the kid goes to see him, but Matthias also showing because this was the thing. I think for us to see Charlton Heston as the monster and these other beings as like sympathetic, I don't think you can have their leader kill this child, which he does. You know, because when Heston gets there to try and save him, the kid's already dead. Yeah. Matthias is, hates Charlton Heston so much that he just assumed this was a trick and killed the, the, the child. I thought it was more like, if we don't care that you have a cure, because this is this, this is still fine. Like we're. We may not be human anymore, but we're something new, and we're not lesser because of it. Yeah, but that doesn't make it less evil that you killed the kid. Well, of course not. But like, <laughs> what I thought that was the message he was sending, not like I just freaking hate that guy so much I'm going to kill his lackey. I don't know. It came across to me because the way he said the speech when he was talking to the kid, he just, he just kind of stood up. He was like, "No, this is a trick. We hate him, and like this is a trick from him." Like. I mean, I don't necessarily think what you're saying is not true as well, but I feel like he does been driven by hate. So it feels so petty to me that I feel no sympathy for these characters. Uh, if anything, this mo- what all this movie really does is make me feel for the kids that are leaving. Because mm-hmm. at the end, when Charlotte Heston gets speared and and dies, and he, like, he's like freeze-frame crucifix pose in, in this fountain, and he's given the serum to the, the Dutch and the kids and says, here, take these and cure. Um... It feels like he's dying for this new society of these children to go and like start something. Not the people who are in the city who have been infected. Like they're mm-hmm. goners. So it's it's kind of a weird thing uh, where it changes who well, we're they, supposed to care once about. Once they get their super blood, they can make the decision to go back and try to save them. Oh, they can. Yeah, but the movie doesn't necessarily, you know, set that up or like, you know, raise that that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all heroes are the classic hero. Well, well, that's okay. But what I'm saying is, is that in the original, the original movie, the mm-hmm. idea was is that we then felt sympathy for the monsters because it was no man that he is the monster, so they're the sympathetic right. ones who get to live continuously. This movie makes me like dislike both. Uh, yeah, I guess 
I was thinking it was more of like a searcher's, like the searcher's type of ending where he's like, mm. I don't see these people as human anymore, but he makes an exception for Lisa at the end when he's dying because he does like have a connection with her to save her. So there's a, there's a little bit of an arc there, but I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm reaching. No, I get what you're saying. I just, I, I think it makes it really hard to kind of root for everything that's going on. I and mean, you have this group of kids who are leaving to hopefully go and live a happy life somewhere, but... Except for that blonde kid with the really derpy face. He's not going to have an easy life. <laughs> I just, I, I think that the original, I keep saying the original, it's, it's weird to say that because they're just both based on the same story. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's, I, I feel wrong given the, the, the first movie, the, the classification of the original, because it's not really the original idea, but... I think it's more more of an interesting and nuanced idea to make the main character be the villain to what we've been seeing as the enemy, but they're actually the sympathetic ones. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, making them not be sympathetic actually just makes it this muddy kind of war where they're both sides are villainous and neither side are good. And maybe there's actually an interesting like real science fiction debate to be had there about just how bad people get on both sides when conflict keeps rising. You know, maybe like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where there's villains on both sides of the camp and like how it builds up but i don't think this movie is actually really tackling anything with any nuance it's just kind of you know that's really blatant jesus imagery at the end it's just kind of like eh, okay and yeah and you get charlton heston who's known for playing biblical yeah. characters <laughs> i'll just put it this way i think Zack snyder liked this movie Gross. hey that kid that played richie grew mm-hmm. up to be a director oh that's cool anything that i might have uh, uh mostly tv he did like TV? lost Stuff, yeah. Oh, cool! That's that's awesome. Oh, and Shield. Did he just a Shield episode? Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Oh, and Black Lightning and <laughs> uh, Lethal Weapon TV show. Oh, this kid's actually had quite a little good TV career. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Uh, oh, there's this photo on IMDb. He's, he's this is not a current photo. He's an adult, but it's not a current photo. This is yeah, this is it's a great this photo is, though. This is funky eighties version of this kid. I bet he's got <laughs> hammer pants on. <laughs> uh not good for him uh yeah actually was the one thing i want to talk about is when he when uh testing comes back and, and richie the kid's missing because he's went off to the, the bad guys i love and i'm just saying for the record i'm just saying bad guys because i don't even know what to call the group because they don't have a name uh I, so i'm acknowledging that they're not just the bad guys but it's just for lack of a better term um he immediately like starts gearing up he's got like an army like, jeep and like like he's got like i love that he puts the general ammunition. hat on yeah <laughs> he's like, i am going war. to war a one-man army yeah i, I don't know it made me laugh it just made me laugh that he that he that did he, such a thing that he played dress up to go to war i li- I liked it i think i i think this movie is really um it gives off like a bit of a confidence like it, it is super modern for the 70s mm-hmm. but i think like the I don't know. I just I think it's really bold to have a, an interracial couple, like because you you would imagine it would be like some eighteen year old blonde girl playing. Lisa. Oh sure, I, no, I I agree, but I mean I think it's saying something though that that is by far the most notable thing about this movie. Definitely, because no, nothing else in the movie is that honestly that memorable. Like that that's the one thing that sticks out in it. Uh, and- the the opening is pretty memorable where he just whips out like a Tommy gun and starts <laughs> shooting up Los Angeles. Oh, it's memorable for. <laughs> the wrong funny reasons because he's Charlton Heston and because of you know cold dead hands and all that jazz that's why it's funny on its own it wasn't necessarily that amusing and it's interesting that it starts off like okay 
scene like the scene's going there's no like uh credits for like the first couple minutes mm-hmm. yeah, there's no, there's no uh, like movie studio logo at the start either no no it's just okay we're in a desolate city and there's like not really any dialogue you just and then he cuts to heston driving around the red car very much like the opening of the last man on earth i don't know i like the way it opened yeah it was just yeah. kind of startling like oh we're going already uh, we, no, actually, like, build up. <laughs> we actually skipped over something just before the ending. Uh, after he tries to save the kid and fails, when he goes there and he's already dead, which felt like a super dark moment to its, to its credit. Uh, it felt really dark. Yeah, definitely. They killed that kid. But when, he, like gets, kid. when he gets back, Matthias is waiting at his place for him because Lisa, now in, you know, zombie form or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, has, le- shopping. has let them in and they have him. And it's funny because earlier on in the film, there's a scene where Matthias, his right-hand man, who's there for the first few times we see him, tries to sneak into uh, the his, his apartment. It's when Lisa's there uh, for the first time. And he's like climbing up to the balcony and he's going in. And there's a line before he goes up. And when he goes up, sure enough, uh, you know, Heston just shoots him. But there's a line before he goes up where he says, be, be wary, brother, for this one is lucky. And later on, when they're having this standoff, and it's like he's really lost finally... He then, like, grabs Matthias, and he's able to, like, hold him as a hostage with a blade, and he grabs Lisa and runs out, and this is what leads to the, the ending at the fountain. I actually thought, yeah, we're actually at the point now where he's surviving so much every time he's in, like, like this dire straits where the chips are down, he's completely yeah. gone, and he keeps surviving. Uh, he's a Mary Until Sue, he gets is what I'm saying. He's, he's a, Charlton Heston's a Mary Sue in this film, is that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> I hate that. So do I, but that's why it's funny to use it for Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> the man knows how to operate a generator, a projection. <laughs> he's a scientist. He's also basically an expert with firearms, and he can fix up cars. I mean, maybe, maybe there's he's probably a th- in a war. Maybe there's a time when this was just something that was expected of every man. Every man should know how to do all of these things. <laughs> yes, men now are weak. <laughs> That's why they blame everything on women. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure the men of the Sarah were problematic when it came to oh, women. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think Charlton Heston is excluded from that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't assume so. Um, but hey, I mean, it's not a bad one. I think it's an easy enough like afternoon watch. I guess it's a Sunday afternoon movie if there ever was one. But that's when I watched it. That's true. I watched it Sunday evening. Uh, a little bit different, but, you know, not too different. Um, but I wouldn't say a little... I, I would say that I, I mildly like it. It's, it's, you know, it's... But I wouldn't say I like it like it, you know. I definitely don't love it or think it's great. I, I would definitely take those terms off the table. Good. Borderline. <laughs> it's, there's too many yeah. flaws for me. I hate the villains, and I just... I think... As, as much as the Vincent Price one isn't, like, a great movie either, it's definitely lacking in some areas, I still think that movie at least tried to make the point at the end of what the, the story, the point of the story is. Um, even though I do I do think both that and this one both have faults, where I think this one almost kind of glosses over the post-apocalyptic part. You know, there's very little that actually focuses on, outside of the opening, of course, where it focuses on, like, the feeling of being alone in the world. And there's so many characters so quickly that it never really feels like that's there in the movie. Well, I think 
I think that Vincent Pricewell does a better job of, like, he has a routine that he sticks mm-hmm. to. Like, we see him, the first shot is him waking up, like, to an alarm, right? And, like, I have to start my day. I have my errands to run because once it gets to night, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do anything but survive. So, and we don't really get that in this. Mm-hmm. He just, like, drives around and then goes to the movies and then has to race home. Do you know what's funny is that thinking back to I Am Legend, which we'll do relatively soon, you know, when I say, I, I mean, like the next within the next few months, we'll do I Am Legend, right, to wrap mm-hmm. this up, is that I think that is probably the best of the three from memory, but much like these two, it does also have its problems. Mainly, I, I remember thinking the CG, because the, the, the baddies are all CG in the, yeah, the new one. Yeah, they're all rubber men, right? Yeah, and I, I remember thinking they look terrible. Not in the same way that I think the ones in this look terrible. Here, it's just a design choice that I think is stupid. Uh, and that is just because they chose to make them visual effects and they just look bad. Uh, and, and that's maybe not the only problem, but um, I remember liking, I, th- I think the next one really ha- handles the feeling of him being alone and his loneliness, and it really emphasizes just how empty New York is. Uh, I think it does a better job of those things, and it is mm-hmm. definitely the one that's the hardest hitting because of that. But we'll see if I agree with myself when I see it again, because I-, I saw it once in theaters, and, you know, I... I didn't like it enough to buy it, so, you know, so we'll see. We'll see how it holds Probably up. Probably because that dog scene, right? It's traumatizing. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <gasps> um, so what was your final thoughts and rate the, the movie out of 10? I, I did enjoy watching it. Um, I think there, I think there is a bit of an arc. Um, I don't, I don't hate the, the cultist look, um, I actually kind of liked the the villain, so I think I'm just a little bit more positive overall, and mm-hmm. I had a better experience than you did watching it. Um, but I, I certainly don't think it's it's great either. And some of the things that are pretty dated about it, I find a bit endearing to watch. So <laughs> maybe maybe that's why. Um, I, I don't know. I'm glad I watched it. I do think it's a little bit better than. Um, the 50s one 50s or 60s 50s right um yeah 60s yeah 64 60s uh, i do think it's better than that one but only slightly, only <laughs> just, slightly. yeah just for entertainment value um i'm gonna go with a seven i think a seven is fair i think this probably does have a bit more late entertainment value than the 60s one but i think the 60s one has more of a dramatic point that it makes so I think I prefer that one a little bit over this one. Um, but neither, neither you know, are knocks out the park, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Yeah, not a bad watch, but certainly could be better. And, you know, we'll see if I Am Legend is uh, worth anything for these <laughs> two soon. But not before Beware the Blob. No. No, not before that. Um, is that our next one? Um, or is it Logan's Run? Those, well, two weeks. In two weeks, you guys will get <laughs> Logan's Run and Beware the Blob. Yes, uh, if you made it this far in the review, give us the word. Alpha and Omega. Yes, put Alpha and Omega in the comments if you got this far in the review. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's, that's the bomb in... Um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes for anyone that's right. now. Yes, that's right. I remember. I remember. Also with Charlton Heston. 
Alpha and Omega. So do that. I'm gonna make Tara do her pose for the thumbnail. So oh God. <laughs> three, I don't know why you still ask me to do it. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> but you like this movie. <laughs> why did you make up that look? <laughs> I don't know. It's just how I was feeling at the time. Okay. Okay. Uh so yeah. Um that has been the Omega Man. Let us know in the comments what you think of The Omega Man. The Omega Man, <laughs> yes. Uh, we mentioned Patreon earlier, we mentioned liking and subscribing, all those things, so please do them. Uh, of course, you can get us on the Twitters, at the Ace Podcast, if you want to get updates uh, on stuff and whatnot, uh, so please do that. Um, uh, otherwise, Tara, would you like to promote anything else that we do on Mail Fuzz TV? Well, we are still fresh on a new series called Babylon 5, so please check out our already cancelled feed and... I'll watch Babylon 5 along with us. Still pretty early in season one. So uh, it's easy to catch up if you've always wanted to watch it or if you're uh, if you're already a fan of Babylon 5. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> well, that about does it then. So thank you once again for watching or listening. Hopefully you're enjoying 70s month. Uh, keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa. Never a cop around when you need one. <laughs>